before we continue in our sermon this morning, I would like to personally uh, thank uh, Grace Baptist Church and family. I know that uh, Pastor White already uh, mentioned and thank uh, all of you, but I, I would like to personally thank you for your love, generosity, prayers for, uh, for me and uh, Irish, and uh, we are really appreciate what you, you've done to, to all the pastors and also to us as well. Now, we will be talking about uh, in the verses that uh, Brother Howard read earlier, and it's in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 to 7. And before we go to uh, our, our, our preaching, let's begin in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we would like to thank you for this wonderful opportunity, once again, that we can listen to your word. And I ask, dear Father, that you would speak into the hearts of your people, move the hearts of your people, dear Lord, to a closer relationship to you. And I pray that you would use this sermon to speak into the hearts, not just for your people, but also to the hearts of, not to the hearts of the unsaved, and that they would, rec would recognize Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. I ask their Father that you would bless us continually as we go on to the service. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, I entitled this sermon today and this morning, Hope in the Midst of Judgment. Hope in the Midst of Judgment. Now, I would like to start this sermon, and we will not uh, read the passage anymore because Brother Howard already re read it for us, but I will mention it again in the middle of the sermon. But let me start to you this morning to give you a little bit of background with regards to, uh, about Isaiah himself and this book. Now, the Bible says that Isaiah ministered during the reigns of four Judean kings, and that is Uzziah, or we call him, or other, our other passages call him Azariah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. So if you put them together, the dates, he ministered to the people of God at least 60 years or more from 740 BC to 680 BC. And for about 20 years, he spoke to both the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. But after the northern kingdom's fall to the Assyrians in 722 BC, Isaiah continued to prophesy and minister to the nation of Judah. Isaiah's name means the Lord is salvation, and it gives us the idea that the Lord is the source of salvation. Isaiah was married and had two sons to whom he gave significant names that summarized the major themes of his prophecies. One son named Maher Shalal Hashbash. It means hastening to the spoil, and that speaks of the judgment of God. And one son, his first son, named Sher Jashob, it means a remnant shall return. And that speaks of the hope that, th that they've seen and the hope that we can find in, in God. 
Isaiah's purpose was to bring back the nation Judah, God's nation, God's uh, God's uh, son, uh, God's nation to f- faithfulness towards him, as well as the coming of the Savior and his future reign. And I can say that Isaiah was a great man. And uh, one commentator says, Isaiah has the courage of a Daniel the sensitivity of Jeremiah, the pathos of Hosea, and the raging anger of an Amos. And moreover, he leaves all of them far beyond in the unique art of holy mockery. His courage was as of such a nature that he never, not even a moment, shows himself to be weak and timid. Now, if you go to Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah... Uh, embrace and accepted the call of God for himself. And if you go far beyond of that chapter, God told him, oh, uh, uh, by the way, Isaiah, when you prophesy, the, prophesy to my people, they will not hear you. And that is, I'm not sure, like, um, are you willing to be faithful still, even you know that the people will not listen to you. But here, Isaiah still prophesied and ministered and served God for, for many, many years. And I think what drives Isaiah's ministry and the rest of this book was his vision of God in chapter 6. And to the extent that he was willing to die because he saw the need of him and of his people for God's salvation. And this made me ponder on the question, what is our driving force? What drives you to serve God? What is your motivating factor for you to be able to serve God and to be faithful to Him? And if you're not faithful to Him, what made you do so? So in this book, God pronounced judgment to His people because of their rebellion, idolatry, injustice, Also, instead of trusting God, they rely on the superpower nations around them during that time. Now, the first chapter has a very strong, strong words against his people, Israel. But it is interesting to note here that God was and is and will always be true to his word. And the reason why God brought judgment to his people, because of their sins. But at the same time, God, of course, knew that he made a covenant to his people. And God promised that he will leave them a remnant so that his people, Israel, will always be there. And this promise can be tracked back to Abrahamic covenant. So we can see here that in the midst of God's judgment, there is hope. One author said, judgment does not have to be the last words. Grace does. And that's what we can see even today, that God, we can see the glimpse of maybe God's judgment to to the people all over the world, but we can still see hope. We can still see the grace of God in this world. Isaiah also prophesied that 
one day God will create a new Jerusalem that populated by the remnant that has repented and turned back to God. And God's people will know about him and his justice, and there will be a peace for all nations. Now, that hope was placed on God's servant. And especially if you read Isaiah chapter 53, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what I want to bring this morning. True hope can only be found in Jesus. He is the only one that offers true hope in each of our lives. Can you imagine during Isaiah's days, there were injustices all over the place. People did not obey God and keep of ignoring God despite God's continued call for them to return. Furthermore, there was idolatry all over the place. It seems like our present world, isn't it? But are you glad that God never ends with judgment? In the midst of God's pronouncement of judgment to his people, we see this amazing proclamation. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. If you easily forget, you know, message, I urge you to please remind on this message here, true hope can be found in Jesus alone. And he is the only one that offers true hope in our lives. Many people here in this world offer a seemingly hope, but all of those are nothing and also false hope. Do this and do that. Or have this and have that. And you'll be satisfied in your life. And let me tell you right now that those are false hope. On the contrary, there are many people showed us acts of kindness, willingness of heart, and pure intents of the heart to help people, especially in this trying year that we have. And you see that all, all over the place. And I think God is using that a glimpse. And these things remind us that there is always hope in every day in our lives. But still, this, these hopes that we can see all, all around us can't last forever. Because I, I've said earlier, true hope can be found in Jesus alone. He is the only one 
that offers true hope in each of our lives. So in the light with that statement, I will give two reasons of why Jesus is the hope we can have, especially as we celebrate in, in this month the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we can go farther from this, from these things, because I knew I can still mention some other reasons. But for the time's sake, we will study, or we, I will give it to you, only two reasons. And for us to see these reasons, we will look into two things. Number one, the magnitude of Jesus' hope. And number two, the mission in Jesus' hope. So the first, the magnitude of Jesus' hope. And let me tell you this, because of Jesus, anyone can be welcomed into the family of God. They have realized that, that God, when God gave his son, his only son, Jesus Christ, and if you turn with me in John 3.16, if you can memorize it, you can quote it also. But in verse 16, it says in John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Of that you can see that because of Jesus, anyone can be welcomed into the family of God. And we know that Israel is still the apple of God's eye. But come to think of it, you became one of the recipients of God's grace. If you're here today, you're listening, and you, have, you know that you have accepted Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you're one of recipients of God's grace. And even though God's grace shown to all people, but you're one of those recipients of God's hope, the salvation, God's gift of salvation. And in fact, anyone can be welcomed in the family of God also. Now turn with me, if you're still opening your Bible, please turn with me to Galatians chapter 3. Verses 28, Galatians 3, 28, and the Word of God says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. It does not matter who you are here in this world, rich or poor, chubby or thin, young or old, Anyone can be welcomed into the family of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that how significant it is that when the time of Isaiah, he proclaimed the coming of the Savior. And that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is, there it is, my friend. There is the hope that anyone should know. It is in the person of Jesus Christ. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, consider it now. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Do not delay. 
Do not delay it, my friend, because it is very important decision that you will make for your life. And for us Christians, if Jesus welcomed even the worst sinner of this world, should we also do the same? Should we also welcome uh, anyone, especially if they are Christians? And what do I mean by that? Well, there are Christians that only talk or make friends with people they feel, or worse, to someone they can take advantage to or advantage of, or they can something they can have something to get from them. But God's commands is to love one another, especially to those who are Christians. And so we should welcome every Christian in our circle of friends. Maybe you say, what if that person hurt me? And in the, there are Christians that would really say, you do not understand what I have been through with that person. He hurt me so bad. So I cannot forgive him or her, and I will not even look at him. And, and probably you're, you're right. I may, I may not the person to know all that you've been through in your life, or I may not be, understand any situation of what you're going through right now. But I know Jesus does. Jesus Christ does. And that's why he can say and command us in, as in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. There you go. That is the reason why you have to forgive even that person that hurt you. You had to welcome anyone also in your circle of friends. And that is what, what Jesus Christ did. Even though you can say probably that, oh, I'm not the worst sinner that lived here on earth. Yes, that is true. But even the worst sinners, Jesus Christ welcomed them. Anyone is welcome because of Jesus Christ. And for us Christians, we had to do the same. And again, because of Jesus, anyone can be welcomed into the family of God. God gave everyone an equal opportunity and hope through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we have that first reason, and let, let us look at the mission in Jesus' hope. Do you realize that Jesus' name... Jesus' name and his mission are the same. Well, the Bible says in Luke 19.10, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And when Isaiah proclaimed it and prophesied the coming of the Savior, he does not just say the Savior of the nation of Israel, but the nation, the Savior of the world. And the name Jesus in Greek is the same form of Joshua, actually. And there are lots of, of uh, names that resemblance to the name of Jesus, which means Yahweh's salvation. And Jesus came to save not just his people, Israel,
But we know that in John 3.16, God's word said, whosoever. It's not just for his elect, but whosoever. And furthermore, in John chapter 3, verse 17, I think, I think I, um, this is also connected to the verse 16 that we said here, because in verse 17 it says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And that, my friend, the reason why God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in the name of Jesus Christ should not perish but have everlasting life. There is the name of Jesus and the reason why he came to this world. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. When Jesus was about to be born in the earth, the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph and told to him that Mary shall bring forth a son, and he shall call his name Jesus. And in Matthew 1.21, it says there that for he shall save his people from their sin. This is the other reason why Jesus is the hope that we can have. And what does that mean for us Christians? It means that when we came into the family of God, you know, we accepted Christ as our Lord and personal Savior. It's not about, it's not because of what we did. It's because through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for our sins, the cross of Calvary. And what does it mean to us? That because when, that when we came into the family of God, you already possess that hope in him, in Jesus Christ. And since we are in Christ, in the family of God, God's mission became our mission. I hope we realize that. And that is why I believe that every Christian should embrace and live the Great Commission as well. If that is the heart of God, if that is the heart of Jesus Christ, his heartbeat, and that should make sense that that would be our heartbeat also to reach out the unsaved. And we are to be that person who is the bearer of hope that can only be found in Jesus Christ. Don't, we should not um, hid that hope that is in Christ Jesus, that is in you. And we should proclaim it to others. Two days ago, we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And I know there are people that would not agree with, with me or to other people on celebrating Christ's birth on the 25th of December. They have all this thing, but I'm not here for, for that reason. Well, anyway, his birth always reminds us that as long as there is another day to live, another Christmas to celebrate, there is still hope. There is still hope. In the midst of evil and despair, especially in our present condition today, in this year that we, we've gone 
we've gone through, or all of us, there is still hope. And there are lots of opinions with regards to COVID-19. If you just go to the internet and read articles after articles, they've gone into far conclusions, and some would go far overboard, I should say. But the question is, are we already in the tribulation period? Well, based on the Bible, certainly not. But I think God is using this, this situation, this pandemic, to wake up people not to live for this temporal world, but to live for Him. And this is an attention-getter, if you will, to people. Is this a judgment of God? I'm not sure, but I think God prepares people for what things to come. And with the general response of people, it reminds me of what John saw in the tribulation period in Revelation, that even God pulled the attention of people towards Him through great calamities that will be happening in the future, but still, they will not accept the hope that God will give for them. And you can see, with generals, generally speaking, you can see that all over the place. Throughout the dispensations, God always brought, God always brought hope to people. When humanity rebelled and fall into sin, God promised the seed of a woman in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. When God judged the world with flood, God provided hope through Noah. When God delegates his rule to people from the leadership of Moses and Joshua, next to the judges, next to the kings and prophets, hoping that this people, his people, will return to him, repent, obey, and serve him. But all of those failed because no human knowledge, no power, no government, nor every single individual can offer true hope. It can only be found in Jesus Christ. And that is why throughout history, God always, God always reminds us that we should not lose hope. Because he already gave his true hope. He already gave man's true hope in, in the person of Jesus Christ. However, let me remind you also that there would come a time that there is no more hope at all. No more second chance, if you will. When a person dies without Jesus Christ, there is no hope for that person. He will eternally condemned in the lake of fire. That is why when we, that is why we constantly today in this present day, calling everyone who have not yet accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, those who have not yet repented of their sins, to consider the times you might not have enough time left. And don't push it forward. How is this connected to those who grew cold in the Lord, whom 
what we, we called the backsliders. Well, I urge you, dear folks, to return to the Lord because there would come a time that you and I will stand in the judgment seat of Christ and we will give everything, we'll give everything into account and we will stand naked and alone in Jesus Christ and you will stand there and bow your head in shame because you did not live for him. Oh, if you can still breathe, you can still eat, you can still walk. That is God's opportunity and hope for you, calling you to return. For those who strive to be faithful with Christ, keep at it. Keep at it. Even no one recognized you in public, or maybe people were blind on your ministry for the Lord, and no one ever seen you or recognized you and, and to whatever ministry that you did for the Lord and to the household of faith. Do not sidetrack or lose hope, because God is no man's debtor. He will reward you in due time. And that is his promise. Amen. Thank you for that excellent sermon, Pastor Silver. Folks, the scriptures, as you know, say unto us, a son is given. Well, I'd like to say unto us, a chance is given, a chance to clear up old accounts a chance to finish the year off right. If you've not been living properly for the Lord, now is your chance to go to the Lord in prayer and begin to make things right. And I'm not suggesting that you can live for the world all year long and then just with one little prayer, make everything right. I'm not suggesting that but I'm suggesting that it's a beginning. It's a start. And you may have to do some humbling of yourself before the Lord today. If you want to finish this year off, right. And we've only got a couple of days left, but today is the Lord's day. It's the last Lord's day of 2020. For many people they're they're just hoping they can't wait till this year is over. And they figure, ah, Look forward to 2021. They may be in for a big surprise. 2021 may be a far different kind of year than we've ever seen in our lives. I want to encourage you unto us. A chance is given an opportunity to make our hearts right with the Lord. If you're watching this broadcast, and you've never been born again. You know, you don't have many opportunities left. And this is a golden opportunity today. If you'll come to Jesus Christ in prayer and admit to him that you are the sinner that he died for on the cross. And that unless he saves your soul, you're going to end up in a sinner's hell. 
And in all honesty and sincerity and humility, would you come to Jesus today and ask him to forgive you your sins, to be your Lord and your Savior, come into your heart and life, to make you born again, make you part of God's family. And if you mean business with Jesus, he'll come into your life, into your heart. He'll forgive your sins. He did that for me. It'll soon be 45 years ago, 46, pardon me, 46 years. He's true to his word. Would you bow your head and close your eyes and we'll have a word of prayer. Dear loving heavenly father. Now we pause. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. We acknowledge your greatness. There's no holier than thou is around here. Father, we're all sinners saved by grace. We're not as perfect as we wish we were, but one day we know that through Christ, when we get to heaven, we will be perfect. We'll leave the sin nature behind. Dear father, we want to pray that you would please bless and encourage all of your people. I know there's a lot of your people that are trying to live for you and do what's right. They're trying to read their Bibles daily and pray. They're trying to be as faithful as they can. Encourage them, Lord. Give them extra blessing. I pray for those who are genuinely born again, but they're not properly living for you. They're living more for themselves and for the things that this world has to offer. Please, Lord, open the eyes of their understanding that they would see that this is, this is a, Tinseltown, this is the devil's way. And he's the only winner. Lord, the Bible tells us that the way of the backslider is hard. Please, I pray that if there be any backsliding Christians watching, that you would use your Holy Spirit and convict them that they have an opportunity to get right with you. And if there be any lost man, woman, or young person not born again, watching this broadcast, you would convince them they need to get on their knees and do spiritual business with Jesus Christ. Oh, Father, I know you love people for God so loved the world. So please help us this day to finish off this year on a high note and to do things right. And now we pray your blessing on the remainder of our little service together on the offering and announcements and prayer. Lord, thank you that we can meet like this. In Jesus name, we pray. Amen.